0: What are we we going to talk about? Everything. Hey, we're here.
1: (laughs) Who are we? Uh,
0: This is the film... What? Who, where, why? Film Photography Project. Film Photography Project Podcast. Well, thanks, Mark. That's awesome. That puts us in the really groovy mood. What's that called? That's Wet With A Lisp. Oh, okay. Very good. We are the podcast about shooting with traditional film. My name is Michael Rosso. We'll go right this time. Matt Marash is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? Leslie Lazenby. Hello. Mark Dalzell. Hi. Mark O'Brien. Hey there. And today we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. We're going to to get right into it with a topic that was uh, carried over from last time. We didn't have enough time. It's a big topic. And uh, I believe that uh, FPP listener and contributor Rick Paul actually wrote in and said, Hey, can you guys do a segment on macro photography? And I have to admit it's something that I, I personally... Don't get involved in. Like, I don't mm. – I mean, there's a lot of gear, a lot of uh, – I, I maybe I don't even know what I'm talking about. Things. Extension tubes, it, like things. Yeah. That are accessories, and I'm guessing that it was used in the laboratory or in scientific applications. It depends. Or, mm. I don't know, product shots.
1: All kinds of things. Uh, I, I used flowers. it every day at work when you I was did?
0: in retail. But tell us what, what – I mean, if you own a 35-millimeter SLR camera, what is macro photography?
1: Well – there's let's subdivide this into actually two sections. There's close-up photography, oh. and there's macro. A lot of what people think are they're shooting is macro is actually close-up. Mm-hmm. Macro is generally termed as something that's near life-size when it's captured on film. So if you're shooting, let's say, a penny, and you're shooting it in, in true macro mode, it's going to be it's going to fill up the the 35 millimeter frame in the in the on the film in the camera if it was just close up you're just getting close to to an image and so someone might shoot flowers for example i think Mm -hmm. they're shooting macro but they're just getting close those flowers they're a foot or two away and they and to do that you can use a variety of different things to get that effect um, let me step back for a moment, too. And for a long time, macro was something that was in the domain of, obviously, scientific photography and so and studio photography. A lot of the old Bellows cameras had, some of them had extensible Bellows extensions that allowed you to get to greater than life size for something. Bellows! Mm-hmm. So the ones that were used in laboratories had these very, very long Bellows and allowed you to, to, to make images of, of small still life things or small objects not very good outside in nature of course because those things tend to be moving around in the wind and so forth and you have to it wasn't until the 35 millimeter slrs came out when you had manufacturers like nikon and pentax and exacta especially exacta was an early adopter of all these little things to, to get you um Close-up and in and, and terms of and also macro images. To do that, you can go through several different routes. You can do cheap, and you can do expensive. And cheap will get you to a, an area which may be good enough for some people. Spending a little bit more money gives you many more options. So the, the cheapest way to get close-ups. A lot of cameras came with um, close-up filters, like even the Argus box cameras and Kodak Brownies had a, had close-up filters, which are just diopters, which is another term for those. And all it is is a magnifying lens that takes the image and makes it bigger.
0: Just sits on top of the existing S- lens.
1: Sits on top of the existing lens.
0: Holga has those as well. The yes, plastic they do. Thing, Yeah, you just and, and
1: Diana up. and all, and they yeah, have them for, my them for your my they, retina. They have them for your retina. They have them for your iPhones and all these. Every any camera out there now has some way of adding a diopter on the front. And they basically, if you have a two x diopter, which is the most common one that people may have had, basically it decreases the the image, you can get close twice as close to the image as you could before. So if your closest focus on your lens was 3 feet and you put a 2x diopter, generally you get around 18 inches away and that makes it enlarges the image and, and so you can see close up. And you can stack diopters and they tend to be the cheapest way to achieve close up images. Now, I've seen everything from 1X to 10X diopters. They come
0: in like a kit, right?
1: They come usually in a kit of three, and there's usually a 1, 2, and a 3X uh, diopter in there, in the, in the kit. But you can also buy them singly. Um, well-made diopters are more than just a, sim- a simple lens. Most of the diopters are just a, one piece of glass, and they're un- they're uncorrected. If you want to spend more, Nikon no longer makes these, and... They're highly coveted by anyone shooting close-up or, or macro. They have these 5T and 6T diopters, which are 62 Whoa. millimeters in Whoa. diameter. Mm-hmm. There are multiple elements in there. They're appomatically corrected. You put one of these on a, on a, uh, a Zoom telephoto, for example, like the, the typical would be a, a 70 or an 80 to 200 telephoto, and it makes it so you can now shoot things close-up. Um, with that lens and do all kinds of things with it. It's, it's actually, and they're, like I said, you can't, Nikon no longer makes these. I'm not sure why, but they're fantastic lenses. Earlier on, they had another series of diopters, and I'm going to talk about Nikon because that's, the, that's the, the camera system I'm most familiar with and have used a lot. Every manufacturer, Canon, Pentax, Olympus, Minolta, I've had a lot of Minolta macro gear, they all have a, a very large suite of. Of lenses and macro lenses and extension tubes, which we'll talk about, and all kinds of equipment to give you um, mac do close-ups and macro work. Sweet. Sweet. Um, Again, like I said, I'm I'm more familiar with the Nikon gear, and they had a Nikon had a close-up one, two, and three, which are a little bit better quality than most of the. The uh, simple diopters, but again, they're not uh, the same as the 5T in the 60s, and they're all. And these also have the f- typical 52 millimeter diameter. Of most Nikon lenses back in the early days. So close-up lenses or diopters are, are a simple way of getting closer to your subject, and if you stop your lens down to like f. 8 to f16 you're you're going to avoid some of the aberration that you get at the at a wide open aperture but if you're interested in getting arty effects of close-ups i like shooting these diopters at wide open you get a much different effect than if you shoot um, stop down another way is a reversing ring. And a reversing ring just screws on to the the front filter threads of any particular lens of the right diameter. This is for 52 millimeters. And the back end has the bayonet mount Mm -hmm. that goes into your camera. Mm -hmm. So you just take the lens, the 52 millimeter lens, a normal lens here, 50 millimeters. You put it on the reversing ring, which is just a hunk of metal, and you put it on your camera. But you're looking through the lens backwards now.
0: We're we're talking about manual SLR cameras, not like uh, EOS or the... Well, you can do it it with modern ones, too. You can do it with modern ones. You just lose all the autos. You lose
1: lose all the autofocus functions, but you do get the metering, Mm -hmm. the the automatic metering, which is very handy.
2: But what's troublesome about your modern lenses is a lot of them don't have the manual aperture control, so you you lose that. You're basically wide open. Mm -hmm.
1: And so you can can do it this way, and uh, you have to focus wide open and stop down. But the, the nice thing, and they actually made a, a hood that would go with these oh. So because you, you're actually exposing the rear element of your lens, which yeah, is yeah. not always a good thing. But when you put one of these on, you can get some really good macro effects because you're getting about this far f- away from the, from the camera, getting very good close-up and, and pretty sharp images. So that's a cheap way of doing it.
0: The adapters, um, uh, any
1: ideas what those adapters cost? Uh, on oh. eBay, you probably paid less than 20 bucks for any of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know.
2: even at dealers, you can get them for 15 20 bucks. We, we order them in all the time. Yeah, just, just know if, the front if, diameter, or if you're working with your dealer, just tell them what your lens is and what your mount is, and they can get you covered.
1: Right. You can, you know, the nice thing about this, if you have some some old uh, 50 millimeter lens you really like, you can, and you can also put an adapter on there to, to fit whatever lens diameter you have on that on that ring. So that works.
0: Who was the first person to think of that? There must have been some guy in his basement one day who realized, wait, I can put my lens on upside down, <coughs> and he think- taped it on there.
1: You know, I think Xacta did these early on as well. Exacta was one of the, well, at one point before the, the big SLR explosion, they were the de facto camera for any scientific work. Mm-hmm. Reversing rings are, are one way of doing it. Extension tubes, mm-hmm. you're going now into a realm of more esoteric. The realm but, of the bizarre. Um, and <laughs> all the extension tube is bringing your lens further away from the, from the film plane and making the image larger. The disadvantage of these is that you're losing some light when you do that. Mm-hmm. But on the on the other hand, you're gaining um, in that you can use these with any lens. It doesn't have to be a macro lens. Yep. And I'll talk about, in a minute, I'll talk about the difference between macro lenses and normal lenses. These often come in, in sets of three different lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and they for the Nikon, mm-hmm. they have uh, 8mm, 14mm, and 27.5mm mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> extensions. You can combine them. Yep. And you can combine extra sets of extension, extension rings and get further and further away for greater and greater magnification. All that comes at a price because the price is every movement you make is magnified by the fact you have this larger image. So. Any movement you have in the, as you're taking the, taking the exposure will translate to a blurred image. So you have to uh, work on your technique. And back when I was, this is what got me back into film photography in a big way, and trying to be a better photographer about 2000, um, I realized that I really wanted to start doing something with macro photography, and because I work with insects, that was something I was really interested in doing and, and getting better at. So I, uh, I won't say I wasted a lot of slide film, because slide film was what you used if you were doing macro stuff. It got you so that you were, I was very familiar with what I would get at a given piece of equipment by trial and error and also by reading up on what I had to do. Extension tubes are, in a, they're made for every camera mount that I'm that i that I'm familiar with, from M, even M42 screw mount, yep. Pentax came out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of old screw mount stuff on there. And I will only mention the, <clears throat> our mirrorless cameras and all that because that is a thing these days. They aren't using film. Those things are dirt cheap and you can adapt them to any kind of camera system that you but they write it after
3: yeah it's nice too extension tubes are made for medium format yes they are yeah pentax mm-hmm. six by i had six I by seven extension tubes. Uh-huh. yeah and tubes are
0: basically uh it's a tube that goes in between their lens and the camera basically bringing your
1: lens farther out farther out right and they right. and they often if it's a good extension tube they are meter coupled mm. and yep. so if you have an autofocus camera there's autofocus extension tubes that have all the contacts yep. in place And I have a set that I use with my uh, AF Nikon cameras, and this is a a totally manual ones, but they also have ring that connects the aperture control. So you don't lose any of that when you're hooked up. Now the older ones um, made for the uh, screw mount cameras, many of those don't have that, but then it's a stop down metering anyways. So that's that's some of the simpler ways. When people talk about macro, Obviously, it means that you're getting close to something. You're making small things bigger. And a good macro lens will give you half life size to life size, or one one to two or one to one at its maximum magnification of the subject. That means you get very close. If you have a 55 millimeter micro NICOR, which I have here, but this particular lens only went to half life size, and then you had to put an extension tube that was matched with it to get full one to one. Many of the other ones, I, macro lenses today are all will do one-to-one life-size. A lot of zooms will say macro on the front, but they are not macro. All it means is that they allow you to focus closer than a typical telephoto will Mm -hmm. allow you to do. Maybe you're 18 inches away or two feet away versus the typical, if you had a 135-millimeter lens, normal lens back in the day, the seven feet to eight feet was your closest focusing distance. And if you combine that with... Uh, an extension tube or a close-up lens or whatever, then you can get closer. But zooms typically did not focus as closely. And so with the macro-focusing zooms, it means you can get closer. But they're not Mm -hmm. truly macro lenses. A true macro lens allows you to get life-size. And they come in various focal lengths, um, 55 or 60 is a common one. Mm-hmm. Um, 90, 90 millimeter Tamron is my absolute favorite macro lens.
2: Fantastic lens.
1: And they've made various iterations yeah. of them over the years. Yeah. From And they, they, they adapt all ones. I have an adapt all lens and I have an autofocus lens, a Tamron 90. I still like the Adaptal version the best. It has a maximum aperture of 2.5. The AF version goes one-to-one. The older version only does half-life size, but you can add an extension tube to that. But for people doing things like flower photography or small landscapes, even portraits, that's a perfect lens for a variety Mm -hmm. of uses. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they also have a 135-millimeter macro. There's a 200-millimeter macro out there and i have one of those and they're good for certain applications that you wouldn't use a 200 millimeter macro for something that's really really tiny because you can only get so close to the subject but if you're if you're doing butterflies or dragonflies something like that you want to have a
2: little distance between you and the subject yeah, yeah you want
1: some distance a 200 millimeter macro is fine for that and of course if you're using an older camera system like a nikon I have an Icon F2 here with a 55 millimeter, uh, macro micro Nikkor on it. Um, it's a good combination even just for everyday shooting. It's easy to get started in this today because a lot of the equipment of the old for the film cameras is dirt cheap. It is. Um, mm-hmm. And especially considering what I paid for it back when it was all very new still. The other thing that we can talk about in a bit too is then we can go to Bellows. Bellows! And let's take a break.
0: <laughs> Hey, it's Mike here. I'm here in, in the FPP store with Matt, Lauren, and Leslie. Hey. hey. Here to talk about Kodak Film. I want everyone to go to the filmphotographystore.com, that's our store, to pick up a roll
3: of Kodak Film. Why, Matt?
2: Hey, well, because we have some of the best prices on the web. Bar that's none. right.
3: We have extremely fast shipping, super fast.
2: Yes. Speed
1: of light.
0: <laughs> I think people are very happy because our FPP, are very technological in computer shipper, Works directly with the U.S. Postal Service, so the shipping price is the actual weight of the product.
2: When people buy a roll of film online, it's $12. They're like, great, it's a $2 roll of film, but yeah, now it's $15 after shipping.
0: <laughs> Everything in the store is in stock. We now have the best prices on the web for Kodak Ektar, Kodak Portra, 160 Portra, 400 T-Backs, Tri-X. Forget about the superstores online. Superstores. Super stores. You can get beautiful, fresh... Is that fresh? ...Kodak film directly from FilmPhotographyProject.com. Click the store button. Lightning fast. So fresh it should be slapped. Exactly. I was going to say so fresh that it will give a strudel mouth. Fresh mouth. What's so great about buying from the Film Photography Store? I will tell you. It supports this show. What show? The Film Photography Project. That's right. We are passing along the best price to you filmphotographystore.com kodak film thank you very much thank you look hey we're, back. we're back, back, back mark o'brien is con- the continuing story of
1: bellows bellows this is the nikon pb4 bellows it has a, it actually has some uh attributes that some of the earlier bellows did not have It's got a little bit of swing available to it. (laughs) Swing. And a little bit of tilt. And it gives you some control that you would, especially for macro, um, micro control, I should say to achieve a better alignment of your images. The PB4 bellows is a big hunk of metal, I got to say. It's a huge double. it's got it weighs probably as much as a lot of cameras. It also is on a rail so it, which helps you in focusing as well. Problem with macro is that since you are working at a much smaller scale, everything is magnified. So your motion is magnified, your depth of field is less because you're looking at a, a particular object um in macro mode and so macro. you want to try and achieve as much depth of fuel as possible which also means you need a longer exposure so having your camera on a tripod clamped down with a with a focusing rail which can be bought separately i have a little uh novo flex focusing rail here which, which, which is really handy um when you say those are bellows i really do
0: think of this more as rails yeah i mean it's here
1: the this, this is the bellows and this is the focusing rail so it's got mm. two different things going on here it's impressive a lot of bellows just have a may just have a, a, a single rail for the bellows to travel on NovoFlex has one yeah and it allows you just to, to get an extension to that That's lens that you put on the front of it there are some lenses that are designed only macro lenses only designed only to be used with bellows i have one it's 135 millimeter mm-hmm. um, and it won't work on anything else you have to have actually have it in the bellows mount it's really really cool to work with The bellows gives you an added dimension of being able to extend the lens many inches away. But the other thing people are now using for these bellows for... Are lenses designed for folding cameras and putting them on here to achieve focus with these one hundred and thirty five millimeter two hundred millimeter lenses made for four by five cameras five by seven cameras mm-hmm. and they 're doing that mostly with with mirrorless and digital but yep NovaFlex makes those too now, yeah so, and you yeah. can and you can adapt those a little bit to to use with your with your film cameras as well so that 's another avenue that we could talk about someday of of using uh lenses designed for large format cameras on 35 millimeter but the 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 bellows is again they're very precise they allow you to get very close to an object and i have special macro lenses that um i acquired a few years back that are designed only for macro photography only on a bellows they were sold for leica and they have um, one is a 25 millimeter f 1.4. It's a tiny, tiny little lens and it's for doing super macro of, of items i can take a ballpoint pen and have that ball p- fill up the most of the image uh, area on the, on the on the camera so it's for really super super close-ups the thing that you have to re- remember too when you're going macro it takes a lot more light mm-hmm. um, on your subject so back when i was doing a lot more nature photography i had to learn about where i need to be set my flash at and so forth and you have all these if you're a gadget freak Macro photography is the place for you because there's all kinds of gadgets you can find for lighting and holding your subjects in place and, and locking your things down. Other avenues of photography don't necessarily need. But the other, the other cool thing is when you're shooting the macro stuff, they now have LED lights, LED ring lights, which are yep. super for getting close up. It's a constant light source. You don't have to worry about... How, how do I set my flash for this? Because if you're using um, in-camera metering, you're going to get what, what that, those LED lights yeah, are giving what you. What you see is what you get. And, yeah. yeah, and it's perfect for those. And, they, and they, those LED ring lights, you can get them on Amazon for about $35. Um, they're really dirt cheap. So I recommend those highly. Um, it gives you uh, a nice even source of light. And there's pros and cons to using ring lights and reflections and all that. And But you can find a lot of that online uh, at sites devoted to macro photography. And there's a lot of good books out there in macro photography. So um, check it out. And if, and if you're using an old an old Nikon, uh, a Minolta, Minolta makes a whole suite of beautiful macro accessories. I had most of them at one time. Olympus also has some beautiful macro gear, and Canon has an, some really awesome macro lenses as well. Oh, so yeah, MPE-65, yes.
2: one of the coolest macro lenses made. So.
1: so there's a lot of good, fun gear out there, and in getting close up, you're going to see things about nature that you never never would see if you didn't capture it on, on film and look at it up close because it's, it's really fun to work with. Thank you, Mark. Hey, you're welcome.
0: Uh, what does a rig like that cost? That Nikon rails
2: and and uh, I, mean, I, I
1: haven't priced one of these PB4 oh, bells in I a have. long time.
2: <laughs> I have. We we quote them at Midwest pretty often, actually. Okay, they, how much? they walk in. Uh, the PB4s and P- well, the PB5 is a little bit smaller. Doesn't have the swings and tilts. That one's fetching anywhere from a hundred to one hundred fifty. Okay. Um, now those guys probably closer to two hundred still okay. on there, but. The bigger turnoff on those is just the, the bulk. It gets, ends up getting huge. Yeah. We actually had a customer, come, uh, some customers come in this past winter. They're actually from Cooper Tire. They were doing pictures of snowflakes. They're like, hey, we saw this this kid in Russia was doing snowflakes with, like, gaffer tape and uh, point-and-shoot. Can we do this with Nikon? It's like, yeah, but do you want to be serious about it? So they ended up with a PB5 Bellows, nice. uh, Tamron 90. Okay, and uh, a ring flash from uh, from Nikon. Well, it wasn't a ring flash, but it was their old speed light oh, adapter, right. yeah, uh, which was awesome because you can control the number of speed lights on there, and uh, those macro bells were perfect, and uh, all of that was sitting on top of yes a geared head. Oh. Like we talked about, forget nice. get a freaking tripod. You need a tripod.
1: Talk like, about gearheads.
2: Yeah, you get you, they had it all.
1: Get a tripod. Yeah, and and the, the you can get other bellows, bellows that are that are much smaller than the PB4. Um, the original Nikon F bellows is also still pretty massive. Noble Flex sold a bunch of that were very small and very compact. Of course, for all the other manufacturers, there are different bellows that you can find it's, it's so it's a it's a sort of a special sub-genre of macro photography all by itself because you do need to invest in some good lighting and some a good tripod or a, a camera support of some sort some of these are made to take out in the field that you can uh set down really low if you're shooting low things. It's, again, it's a, it's a whole sub-subject of photography that's mm-hmm. got all kinds of tools and gadgets, and if you're a gearhead, it's yes. a place for you.
0: This is a letter from Phil Wilcoxon. I call it, Get Back! And he says, Back in the saddle! Exclamation point, exclamation point. If you would have told me five years ago <laughs> that I would get back into film photography, I wouldn't have believed you. A simple search... And I found a whole community I never knew existed. This Christmas was pretty good for me. My mom ordered stuff from b and
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> For me this year, 20 35mm film canisters, a, a Lloyd bulk loader, a 100-foot roll of Ilford HP5, a flash for my grandparents' old Fujika ST705 35mm camera, And a battery. That's not all. My aunt let me have her film cameras as well. She has a Canon 3000 EOS N, but the real fun begins with the other camera. A full Pentax Auto 110 set. Whoa. You have one of those, Mark? I love mine. It's a really, that's a really great. You, all, you guys have one. I take it out every three I, or four years, whether I, I need to or not. Right.
1: <laughs> I never had one, but I had the Minolta one too. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice
0: too. The original Pentax carrying case, the body, the flash, auto winder, and three interchangeable lenses. Folks listening, this is for a one ten SLR camera. Gathering batteries for these two guys today. Crossing my fingers. Just ordered the three pack for the one ten from the FPP store. Woo-hoo! Woo. <laughs> My question is when I'm when I'm ready to send those one ten rolls out to the darkroom... See, he already knows. to nice. send, send it. Nice. Should I pay extra to get the enhanced scans? One ten? Mm. Nah, I wouldn't. Nah. I don't think. Uh, yeah, save I mean, it. Buy more film.
3: Exactly, and if you need a bigger scan later, get it. If you're going to make a big print, yeah, yeah, yeah. save your your. your well, you doesn't you translate to big it. prints. Yeah. Exactly, S- save your. So en- save it.
0: You. Save your enhanced scans for like 35 millimeter or 120. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 I currently do not have the means to do it myself. Lastly, guess what was in the camera bag that had my Canon in it?
3: A fifty-dollar bill.
0: <laughs> four rolls this is all caps you so screaming at us
3: four rolls of expired Kodak Max 400 color film hey. that's what comes in
0: all old cameras you get yeah. yeah it's true it's always unopened I know that on the podcast you have expired told in you have told these folks to have fun shooting that I think it could be as old as 15 years old oh <laughs> I, I will be getting back into the workforce soon and will be throwing a little your way to keep those podcasts going love listening to the show thanks for being there and have a great 2016. Well, thank you, Phil. Uh, it's awesome, and I'm very happy uh, you wrote to us. For folks who want to write, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com, com. Tell us what's going on in your filmy world. And uh, up next, we'll be talking to Matt. I'm very excited about this. What? It's called. <laughs> it's called used film gear. What's hot and what's oh. not? Oh. take it away, Matt.
2: Well, you know. Uh, for folks who don't know out there, uh, my day job is also heavily rooted in photography. I'm, uh, I work at Midwest Photo Exchange. I'm usually the AV guy there, but for anybody that listens to the show... What show? When they walk in, I'm instantly the, fil- I'm the film guy. All the local college kids know I'm the crazy film guy. So when they bring their camera in, I diagnose it, and we, we throw a battery in it, and we see if it's good or not. With that local student demand... Film shooters knowing that like Midwest is the hub within the you know I love it. yeah within you know easily three four hours we're probably the biggest selection most people within that radius have for film so we have folks that definitely make a day trip out of it. What's hot right now? Well, let's start with what's not because it's so sad. We just spent all this time talking about how great uh, Nik- the Nikon system was for like the bellows and accessories and and even the, the Dig guys love the the Nikon lenses. But you know what gets no love? Well, what the F? The F. I love the oh, Nikon no. F. That's how sick. Midwest Photo Exchange has a sea of Nikon Fs. Perfect. Those beautiful Fs? Beautiful. Good working condition. You can, you know, you can defend yourself with them. Sure. They're, they're perfect. Okay. They're perfect cameras. They're not in they're vogue. Not in vogue, too. I mean, they're weighing down the case. There's, there's too many, Mike. Oh. They're, they're great. Why do you suppose? Uh, they ditch them for the lenses. Like they buy the oh. camera, and they're like, ah, "I just need the lens off it for my ditch. And then they—that's a nice little lens you got on there too, Mark. What, what do you got? That? What's that oh, lens? Pancake. It's a
1: Forty-five pancake.
2: Ooh, that's that's a rare one. Yeah.
1: Um, and this is the one that that will hook up with your flash. You set your 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 your, oh, your flash. That's the rarer on, one. Yeah. yeah. So whenever you change your your distance, the flash in- instructions change along with it. So you don't have to think about it. Very nice. Back when they didn't have all the auto yeah auto flashes. Now, now the
2: you know even the other forty five. Pancake, Mark's talking about the Nikkor uh, forty five pancake. It's a 2.8, right f 28 lens. That's great. So it's a triplet style lens.
0: Whoa. It's, it's pretty thin. That's impressive. Very,
2: very thin. Um, there's two versions, or three versions of it, right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, the rare one is the one that Mark has, of course. It's in mm. fantastic shape. And you know it's the rare one because it's got the GN or guide number the on guide there. Number it's communicating one, yeah. that to the autothyristor flash. Those guys are fantastic little additions to your tiny Nikon camera. Uh, quite, the, uh, quite the David and Goliath competition once you mount it on the lesser loved nikon f yes if you need if you like nikon or like an nikon f give me a call send me an email at midwest photo exchange we've got one for you <laughs> students don't want i don't know they're buying the fms the fe's will you give a deal um, on a nikon f i always give fpp customers the best deal i can so yeah that's fantastic yeah, what's, what's what else is not hot not hot uh anything minolta Poor Minolta. Oh. I know. I'm killing Leslie over here. I'm
0: not this person at heart. Okay. So you are talking you're okay. about X700s?
2: Any Minolta, like if it's got the M word on it, like. Just <laughs> well, you know, it's no. kind
0: of funny because here at FPP, except the lenses, everyone scoops up the lenses for their. The Minoltas cameras. are hot because uh, they just li- they get lined up. And they go right out to schools. Mm. Oh, I
2: can imagine that. Isn't
3: one of John Fidelli's favorite his X seven hundred? It is
2: his favorite camera. Yeah, mm-hmm. just just no love. I mean, the, the newer Minolta's more than the, the older Minolta's. They just sit, which is sad. There's,
1: There's no that. buzz for them. Yeah, you the know? newer and the newer film Minolta's, except the same mount that the when Sony bought the Minolta digital the A mount, the M mount, A mount, A mount. Yes, mm-hmm. the the A mount um, AF lenses from all, all those old. Minolta's work on they, the have Sony's. Life, yeah. Yeah, they have new life, yeah. They have new life. So the bodies, you know, I, I, you can see the bodies. Places for five bucks, you know, and, and mm-hmm. but I, I agree. The X seven hundred and the XGM has become my favorite Minolta. That's that's always been my favorite. Yeah, the XGM. What's hot?
2: Um, well, there's some things that are always hot. Leica Hasselblad four by five field cameras. They do not last in the store more than a business day. See it like people sniff them out. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter how it got there. Someone's always like they know it's there. It's like when Leslie gets something sweet and I just show up. He
3: just he's yeah, his nose goes up near and he smells it and follows.
0: I him.
2: just I just uh, clock out know? and go up to yeah. Finley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those don't last in the shop at all, but we're not going to talk about those guys. Surprisingly, Bronica. Oh, no kidding.
1: Become uh, hot? Uh, like, well
2: <laughs> in the in the local somewhere in the warm. Midwest. Yeah. More than dead, <laughs> back from the uh, Bronicas. People like we've brought in uh, some few Bronicas, and they they went super quick. I, I mean, they were nicer shape ones, but like, and they were the SQs. They were okay. the, the, the six x sixes. I think people are just looking for alternatives to your to your Hasselblads. Uh, they don't like the Kievs on there, and the Bronica SQs, not too of the Bronicas of the breakable Bronicas. The SQs are a little more solid on there. The lenses have a nice snappy look, and I've been seeing those do pretty well lately which is kind of i would have told myself five years ago that bronicas would be something well wow, it's it's kind of crazy
1: do you ever get the bronica rangefinder
2: never seen one of those oh. come in there was a there was a gentleman at one of our fpp meetups back in new york that had one of the 645 mm-hmm. rangefinders that interesting cameras
0: yeah is that little uh, nikon uh,
2: 35 ti still hot TI, um, we had one come in, and it like, it like hung out. I think it ended up selling online. Okay. so But no, Fs, just no love. It's sad. Oh, no. and they need a home. There's like a dozen of cameras. them.
1: And the thing is, with an F, if you have one with just a plain prism finder on it, mm-hmm. and you, don't, you can do all your metering externally with a handheld meter or whatever, or you can get the waist level finder.
2: Half up. of ours have the waist level oh, finder. Really? Yeah.
1: Which are actually good for doing copy stand work. Because, I can imagine that because you can yeah. have something to look at. But you don't they, they suck the for doing work. vertical photographs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, go get the Nikon F over at Midwest Photo Exchange. Yeah,
2: email me. Uh, either the podcast email or mad at mpex.com. It's, you know. Yeah. Podcast, Cheap. Podcast <laughs> at filmphotographyproject.com.
0: Anything else on that list or
2: nah? Um, I mean, like, there's always uh, you know, there's always a dog. You know, yes. the hotter, hotter items. Uh, Does anyone come in and talk about or ask about Super Eight? Yes, we have at least two people a week come in, not ask about it, but like they have like I have this camera. What is it? Oh, it's it's just eight real. Get get out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you
0: sell any Super Eight or not anymore? I send them to you. Great. FPP online
2: store is, is doing great with Super 8 film. We I have need eight. more FPP cards. Like, gen, like general, like, do you have FPP store cards?
0: Uh, no. Or Mark film. Dalzell will make them for me. Film <laughs> photography <laughs> sure.
2: store cards. Yeah, we need some. Just because, right, like, okay. I, I'm out of, I I think I might need more darkroom cards from Phil. Okay, no. I'll, I, I'll hand get... I hand those out. Yeah. Um, and then we have, like, a local service that does, like, transfers and stuff. We're always handing those cards out in tandem with the darkroom. Like, oh, you have E6-2? The darkroom. Right. So Yeah. Very cool. Uh, since you have the floor mat, Uh-oh. let's talk what about for? floor uh, mat. Floor mat? <laughs> <laughs> Don't walk all over. Oh, it's spelled the same way, too. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Um, Recently, <laughs> uh, folks have been sending me pictures of their home darkrooms. Yes, And I've been posting it on uh, the Film Photography Podcast Facebook page. Mm-hmm. If you if you go to the Facebook, if you hang out on the Facebook, look up Film Photography Podcast. It is spring 2016. Like us, we want to get to that 10,000 like mark. No problem. But people are sending me pictures of their darkroom. I post it online. It's awesome to see your workspace. Matt has some uh, darkroom tips. Design your darkroom.
2: What yeah you, you know this is continuing saga we're we're getting inching ever closer uh to grand opening for the new uh the new location for midwest photo exchange uh, in columbus ohio if you're near the columbus ohio area or making a trip out definitely recommend uh visiting midwest photo exchange it's a it's the epitome of a mom-and-pop shop uh as far as finding new and used gear uh great selection uh, probably some of the the better that you can find outside of uh outside of the the coasts we 're also going to have a dark room and i 've been charged with uh helping to design it and in in doing some research there 's a there 's a lot that goes into a dark room you damn right um mm-hmm. i didn 't even know there 's like there 's like five different types of door just to get in the dark we 're not even talking about what 's inside just to get in there 's a bunch of different types like everybody thinks you know dark room i I immediately think of the dark the revolving door. 'Cause it's the most like elegant kind of way to to get into the dark room, but there's lots more. One dark room in another dark room in Columbus, Ohio, the one at Ohio State, doesn't use a revolving door. They use um, kind of like a like it's a, a zigzag corridor. Like a baffle kind of thing. Yeah, just, just Yeah, just this really large just maze. Yeah, concrete maze that you kind of move through and just just by the angles, you know, ninety here, ninety there. Light's not penetrating. By the time you get back, and you just kind of like casually walk in and out, it's uh, it's very different from the, the revolving door. Is kind of like an announcement every time you come in, and I still I still love that. But you know, you can do the do the zigzag, and you can do doors that open up, uh, swing. Only, only in or out, and then opposite ways, as to make sure the light doesn't get in. So it's really just interesting how many things go into a dark room. But probably the most, not the most confusing, but the most overwhelming part of it, plumbing. I'm not, oh, I'm yeah. not a plumber, but there is a lot that can go wrong very quickly and go very expensive very quickly in a dark room. Um, finding the right mixing valve. To, to get your balance between your hot and cold, there's different. You can get ones that are darkroom specialty, which cost an arm and a leg, mm-hmm. or you can look toward other industries, which are a little more commercialized now, like aquariums, mm-hmm. um, or you know any other industrial that uses the same temperature ranges. But you know a dark, a good room a good darkroom thermometer or mixing valve is going to use temperatures that sit between fifty degrees and one hundred thirty degrees. That's about your your typical range and for the DIYers out there it's a DIYers wet dream literally <laughs> <laughs> or wet nightmare oh or yeah depending um so now there's there's so much that goes into a dark room and um but the, as far as basic design the best tip you can you can give somebody for uh for looking to to build their dark room you have your entrance and uh you're going to have the 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 general flow you, you can make it however you wish, but just for you know common sense on there, your entrance to your dark room should be opposite where you're exposing your paper so usually as far removed from your entrance of your dark room should be where you are exposing and taking out unexp you know unexposed paper or printing or loading right. or any of that stuff just to give light plenty of time to fall off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the further it goes the the less harm it's going to do but if you got light leaks it doesn't matter anyway right um so your flow from there you have your entrance your opposite corner you have p- perhaps your exposure or your storage your dry storage that should flow to your to your enlarger and then that moves on to your to your wet from there and right or left doesn't matter if we don't have the space for it we can we can st- you can always think vertically instead of horizontally depending on our space allotments some people used carts to allow some vertical into their workflow but then your wet should flow from there your wet of course is going to be your develop stop fix and your wash and then your final wash can be as close to your entrance as, as possible because it's already been fixed all that stuff's already happened so uh, yeah just a general tip on getting Very that together. Cool. how about
3: another one people don't think about go for and it. they paint those suckers black
2: why they there is need no to. need to. No, yellow paint and them, white.
3: Well, yeah. white or gray, mm-hmm. because once you bounce safe light around, it's safe. So get yeah, what you can instead is... of absorbing into the black.
2: Yeah. You
3: don't have to paint those things black. For sure. Some people paint maybe a black section behind their enlarger. Mm-hmm. You'll kill yourself putting safe lights
2: up to get enough light to work in, and you don't need to. Definitely. And as uh, as far as picking lighting out, this is a good transition. Um, we're looking at, uh, at going 21st century on the lighting because there are, now that's the hardest thing to find, but, um, there are narrow spectrum LEDs you can get now. So an LED that casts a red light that's plus or minus five, uh, mm-hmm. five nanometers mm-hmm. in, in wavelength. So those things can be cranked like two or three times brighter than a traditional safe light and paper doesn't care. Mm-hmm. because it's only that color coming out of it. Now, you have multiple, You have LEDs that you have a rheostat, and it can change the temperature. You don't want those, because those are always pumping out blue light. Blue lights, you're, you know, you're going to get black on your paper. You're going to flash it, essentially. But you can get lights that are really, really nice. And they're really, like as far as uh, energy costs, I know uh, several folks who've wired up dark rooms, that they run them on a 9-volt battery, essentially. Wow. Just a few strips. It doesn't really take that much energy, so... Always a good thing. Wow. Another one? Another we're one? Just, we're just cranking them out now. All yeah. Right, what else? Yeah. You
3: guys won't think of this, but if you're actually going to build your own dark room and you're mm-hmm. making some shelving or storage, okay. use cookie sheet drawers or cabinets. They're tall. Mm-hmm. They're thin. They're long. They're great for your easels, your big easels. Okay. rather than stacking them on top of each other. And they're marvelous, too, for putting your large paper boxes in. Okay. Because you get a lot in a small space, little drawers. They hold them up. Things don't yeah. get damaged. And probably cost less,
2: less than the, the drafting stuff, which Absolutely. is similar dimensions. Yep. Those so, always go way high. When yeah. I had
3: my darkroom belt, I've had him put uh, just two doors
2: in that were little skinny doors, but they were made for the big flat things. Yeah, and actually, I'm going to look this up because there mm-hmm. was a book I purchased. I found at Half Price Books. Yes. Half Price in Columbus has been fantastic to me. Three dollars. I got a book all about designing your dark room, and uh, we're gonna use the magic of FPP now to uh, fill in the, the horrible gaps here. Uh, da, 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 da. Really? Oh, okay. Here we go. So for. I found this. Yeah, right now on even on Google, you can buy it for four dollars and thirty four cents used. I paid. I paid three dollars at half price plus tax. The Darkroom Handbook: A Complete Guide to Best Design, Construction, and Equipment by Dennis Curtin and Joe DiMeo. Um, it's a it's a really good book. Great book. American Lots whip. of. Lots of good uh diagrams in there. They even have a little graph paper where you can design out your own your own dark room. A lot of the equipment in there may or may not be still manufactured for dark rooms but you can still source most of that gear um mm-hmm. freestyle actually has a pretty good selection of stuff to trick out of darkroom photographer's formulary also has uh good stuff on there but the book was just instrumental they even show you how to build some stuff by hand too mm-hmm. so for your crafty folks in there there's a good electrical guide and good plumbing mm-hmm. guide in there and uh start to finish darkroom stuff this we don't need more darkroom tips just buy the book
1: <laughs> there it is you go <laughs> Yeah, there's another one, Into Your Dark Room, Step by Step, mm-hmm. which is another good one.
0: Uh, here's a quick letter from uh, Jeff Marr. Jeff says, Happy 2016 from a snowy country, Wallenstein, Ontario, Canada. Thanks for the fast delivery on the Shemina Positive slide film. Uh, one one roll shot already. Uh, we, uh, earlier in the year, we had a uh, special on the Positive, Super Positive. Oh, yes. And uh, lots of folks started trying that film. Uh, Wanted to let you know, I've been conducting film photography classes to grade schools for for the last five years. Classes are always full, so I'm guessing the students are having lots of fun. I have amassed cameras on my own, repairing them if needed, and assigning them to the students. One of the faves is the Leica R3. I
2: (laughs) bet. Grade school, jeez. And
0: the orange Nikonos. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I'd love it if you guys could do a sh- a shout out to all of them at Drayton Heights Public School film photography class. Let's do it. No, sorry. Hey, go hey, hey. Drayton. Hey, Give me that Nikonos. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll take the like a. Howdy, Drayton. Hello,
0: Drayton Heights. Drayton Heights. <laughs> Jeff says two of the student helpers will be my daughters in grade seven and eight, who are avid shooters. Isabella loves her XE seven and Morgan likes her R3. Love the shoe. Tell Matt and Mark I also invested in the 4x5 Kickstarter tank. Okay. Oh, oh, good. I'm looking forward to getting that. Can't wait. Oh, I did too. I just uh, I just developed yeah. some 4x5 using an old ancient Bakelite daylight tank that, be, that needed like a gallon of developer <laughs> of chemistry. Yeah. So I can't wait to get my little miniature one. Yeah,
2: there, there mm-hmm. there's definitely a niche to be filled with those uh, those little tanks. I was really surprised that uh it got funded and, like so quickly on that project. Like People mm-hmm. just got behind it. Yeah, it was yeah, great.
3: I did. Mm-hmm.
0: If I can buy yeah. some FPP buttons for my students, <gasps> I'd like to get a price on those. Thanks, Mike and the gang. Got no buttons.
3: Got stickers.
0: God, but I sent them lots of stickers. cool oh, <laughs> Remember we had buttons back in 2011? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you yeah. brought
1: them to yeah. yeah. Little
2: Cleveland. guys
0: and big guys. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I got a little one. Yeah.
0: So uh, good, great, Jeff. Great, great, great. Uh, before we go, we're gonna have a well, two things. We're gonna have our uh, what is our film special of the week? Special of the week. Uh, the special of the week is well, it can be looked at two different ways. Uh, <laughs> um, you need to look at it from the perspective <laughs> of it's a, it's a it's three rolls of film for nine ninety nine, as opposed to a camera in three rolls of film for nine ninety nine. Why because is that, Mike? Because there's no guarantee this camera, <laughs> like my the one I'm using. It works but the counter doesn't work which is fine but there's no guarantee the camera's gonna work and this is it's called well I call it FPP presents the generation K-147 35mm focus free camera it's all here it's absolutely everything you need take professional quality clear color prints or slides it makes fuzzy or out-of-focus pictures a thing of the past now with this camera you get a plastic strap Automatic film counter. Not maybe, caret- maybe. Not to caret- work. <laughs> a built-in hot shoe for your flash. tight. Complete instruction manual. Uh, the lens is a 50 millimeter new optical color lens, focus-free, easy loading system, and it takes standard 35 millimeter film. The exposure, mm-hmm. you may ask, how does it expose? Well, this camera has an automatic exposure control. Fantastic. <gasps> mm-hmm. Now,
2: wasn't this what, uh, uh, what Dane called in about last uh, last shoe? Uh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And, did he s- and he said he was getting how close?
0: He said he got down to about. Uh, he said he went down about two feet. They're a little, little blurry at two feet. Well, yeah, okay. Down about okay. Three feet. That's crazy.
3: Works for anybody ages K through 147. <laughs> <laughs> includes
0: free highly flammable cardboard box. Ooh. So, anyway, <laughs> so this is a ca- the, the the camera's getting thrown in because this is a camera that uh, Mark Dalzell and Dane Johnson they picked up a big old bag of them at the uh, flea market, English Town Flea Market, Englishtown, mm-hmm. New Jersey uh, and it's a really cool looking plastic camera and Dane called in last show and he said "I uh, said, oh man, pictures are great and he said, don't be afraid to get in there close <laughs> this is the special of the week, you get three rolls of film, I don't know what the film's going to be you need to go to the uh, FPP Film Photography Project it'll be one of the lead stories You can also find it in the FPP shop. It's a great deal. It's a lot of fun. Fit in your your fanny pack. Yeah, yeah, fit (laughs) Fit in your fanny pack. It looks
2: like it was designed around the time where people had fanny
0: packs when they were traveling around. Mm -hmm. The film special is ongoing for the next two weeks. I only have like 10 or 15 of these cameras. So first come, first serve.
3: And if you've got a a young one in your family, five or six years old or a little bit younger, it's a great camera for them.
0: It's now time for the Film Minute with Leslie Lazenby. I've
3: got a really cool one. All right. Yeah. You guys have already used this since we've been recording shows. Mm-hmm. This particular one is really cool. This is a little emergency kit to keep in your camera bag. Okay. It is a small zip-top bag. I happen to have a mm-hmm. black one that's opaque that I probably – I know I got film in it from Mike. And inside, I put some rubber bands. Okay. What can they be used for? They could hold Mark DeZell's camera door shut that he's got scotch tape (laughs) on. They are also awesome. If you have a stuck filter, just put it on there. It gives you that extra grip. They'll Mm. come off when you couldn't get it off before. So I put some rubber bands in there. I keep one out. I have put two pieces of painter's tape on the outside, which have already been used by FPP crew here. That's right. My emergency tape. Then I roll all that around, a Sharpie pen, whole little thing, rubber band it on. I can make notes with my tape. I can repair cameras with my uh, with my tape. I can make notes on there, put it on the film cans. The bags, particularly if they are light tight, can come in handy if you've got a little emergency that you need to, you've got a damaged roll of film or something, but I think my probably... Um, uh, Jeopardy! 30 Seconds is about up, but this is just really a sweet thing to have inside your camera bag, having a permanent marker, something to ride on, something to repair with, something to store in, and it takes up practically
0: no space.
1: Wow. But well, it's a good tip.
0: It is a great mm-hmm. tip. And what a show this has been. We're going to see you folks in two weeks.
3: Tweaks, tweaks.
0: Thanks for joining us. Remember to send us your letters. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Remember to send us your packages, uh, film you're not using, old film cameras, or treats. Tim Tam Packaged treats, strudel. <laughs> kind- <laughs>
2: our, our, our Kinder. 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 Dietz's
3: pretzels. Uh, what else
2: Dietz's uh, wait, wait, pretzels. Wait, wait, uh, what were those pineapple cakes? Oh, pineapple pineapple cakes. lumps. Pineapple lumps. lumps. Uh-huh. Oh, uh,
0: and we're at P.O. Box, uh, Box... 264. P.O. Box 264, Fairloan, New Jersey, 07.
3: Four one zero.
0: Four one zero. Yeah. See you next time.
1: Fish and chips.
2: I lick the grease from up your fingertips. Salt and vinegar. And make. I wanna eat my dinner off the morning paper, finish all my grub and read the headlines later. I'll drink my.